0: To we weren't wearing, wearing pants though. We are currently wearing pants. Yeah,
1: maybe we should record this without pants. <laughs> no editing, no going, no stopping, no going back. Going going either, lost, we'll okay. Now is it rolling?
0: I believe we're rolling now.
1: Yes. All right. Welcome to uh, Mercy and the Mans, the podcast, episode
0: two. Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting a long time to say that. I can tell. I'll say it when we get to episode 22. I'll say it when we get to episode 32. Yeah, I think you see where this is going. I, I do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, if you listened to episode one, congratulations, you're now on to episode two. If you didn't, you missed out. You could have heard all about how we got into the music business full stop. But now, in this episode, we're going to talk about how we came to meet, really, or, or start where we left off in the first episode, and hopefully arrive to where we are now, to a certain extent. Sound yeah, good?
0: thereabouts. Yeah, it seems, <laughs> seems like a reasonable plan of action.
1: So, we met in a cover band. Shocking. Yeah. And uh, you had been in said cover band for about five years. Before me. Yeah. Correct?
0: Yeah. I can't decide if that seems like a long time or not very much time. I feel like at one, I can't ever decide how I feel about the passage of time. <laughs> like to me, five years either either feels like really long or or not long at all. I can't decide. And I maybe don't need to figure that out right now. But
1: I think it must have flown by then.
0: I think it did. It was a pretty whirlwind. I mean, maybe we'll get into that uh, hmm. at some point. Maybe even now but for yeah. me it's
1: just been one long steady stream <laughs> of cover band world so that's probably like for me it's kind of like it's never ending but anyway yeah I digress so we met after you had already been in the, actually no I knew them before you
0: oh, you definitely knew them I me.
1: knew the band before you were the drummer in the band yeah. not for not for very long to be fair but I did go to some gigs that you were not on and you were not in the mix yet.
0: Although I might have been playing drums for the lead singer of said band's solo project at the time. I don't I don't know what the chron- chronology is like there,
1: but... Right. So to give a little personal history, I was married. No. I was married. But even before I was married... You didn't tell me that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, this that changes would, everything. maybe that would have helped. Um, actually, I wasn't married when I met you. But... Uh, my ex husband had started the cover band that we were in many, many years before, hadn't been in it for quite some time. Uh, and I actually met him in another cover band. <laughs> I had said I'm sensing a theme.
0: <laughs> You're not allowed to play in any other cover bands. In fact, I'm firing everybody in our cover band. No. I'm just no, kidding. No. I'm just kidding.
1: Um,
0: jokes on jokes, jokes. on jokes.
1: Uh, Wow, it's all rushing back to me now. Um, good thing I, uh, good thing I wrote an outline to keep myself <laughs> on uh, on track. Uh, so yeah, so I knew these cover bands. I had um, just got in the fold, and so had you to a certain extent, but you still were in that band a lot longer because I was off doing my thing in other cover bands. Super sub, uh-huh. yeah. And um, so, what was it like going wow. from? doing kind of like the singer songwriter thing going right into cover band world
0: it was very different I sort of didn't know what I was getting myself into I do remember like the first I remember vividly like the first rehearsals uh in a garage and sort of trying to take down all this material um and you know I had like a I had a methodology to that you know, for the work I was currently doing, which was like studio work and song live songwriter gigs and that kind of thing. But, you know, when you're taking down that much material, it's like you end up cutting some corners out of like, hey, your first gig is, you know, in a couple weeks and you need to learn three hours of material that, like, luckily for me, I I am very aware of popular music. Like, I'm, I like non-popular music too, but mostly I like popular music. So when somebody says like, "Oh, you have to learn Jessie's Girl and you have to learn Don't Stop Believin' and stuff like that," it was like I, you know, I basically know how those songs go. But then you start digging into them and you're like, "Oh shoot! Like I got to learn like all the kick drum patterns. I got to learn the tempos and all that kind of stuff."
1: Well, you do. That's nice. Yeah, because I've, I've played in some that they, that doesn't even that doesn't matter.
0: Well, this particular <laughs> this particular band too had a philosophy of like it was very. Um, punk rock kind of aggressive take on cover band stuff you know we played everything faster more aggressive um which was cool you know it and when I joined up um I was walking into an established unit but even that version of that band hadn't been together for that long that band had sort of gone through a bunch of different uh personnel you know iterations of personnel and this was like the latest, But it hadn't been together in that iteration for that long. Um, I do remember my first gig. And this is like, this is what I'm saying. I got got kind of thrown into the deep end because so much happened um, in such a short amount of time. It felt like the first gig I did was at the Britannia Arms in, I want to say Almaden.
1: It was because my sister was at that show.
0: Was she really? Yeah. Did I know that? I think so. Wow. Wow. It's one of those things that I think I forget until you mention it, and then I'm like, no. Yep. Yeah, that was my first show, Um, you know, and we would do 75 to 90-minute sets, and to me, for me, I'd never really played much over an hour. You know, most songwriters, if you're playing live shows around town, like, very rarely, unless you're in the headlining band, then maybe you do, like, an hour 15, including, like, an encore. Nobody's up there playing, like, Bruce Springsteen, you know, four-hour sets, So for me, it was like, oh, I got this. I got this. Like, I play a lot of drums. I'm in shape. Like, I was seeing stars. I thought I was going to pass out. Like, towards the end of the show, I'm, like, barely holding on. And it was, like, it was intimidating. I was like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Like, Mm -hmm. turns out you just play yourself into shape in those kinds of gigs. (laughs) It's not something you can, like, really prepare for. Right. But that gig, I mean, so much happened at that gig. It was, like, it was pretty packed and it was like it was the one of the rowdiest shows I'd ever played up to that point in my life. And I played some like rowdy cowboy shows and stuff, which were super fun. But we were the rowdy ones. Like the crowd was too, but it was mostly the band that we were just like yeah, hey, beer bottle slide solos and that kind of stuff. Um, and there's just Pete drunk people everywhere. I hadn't done that many like bar gigs. All the gigs I'd done were ticketed, you know, gigs. Right. And uh, you know. The the singer of the band had a really nice acoustic guitar and he that he played on a couple songs and like this woman literally walked up to the stage to to talk to us tripped over the stage fell butt first right into the guitar like <laughs> caved it in I'm just like looking around like what is going on here and then that same gig I didn't know this but apparently there was somebody there to check the band out to potentially hire us to go do this gig in the Virgin Islands. Uh, and we got that gig based off that show. And that was like my introduction to, I was just like total chaos bar gig. And then like, oh yeah, now we're going to the Virgin Islands. Like it was like, <laughs> what? I don't get it. I, all right, cool. I'm in. Uh, you right, know. right, right. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yay. That was your introduction to it all. Yeah. Well, so like we'd said in the first episode, I, that had, already been something i'd been doing not to that extent but had already been doing um for what 10 15 years um but i was playing with some of uh, some cover bands in the area that were how would you say like colleagues peers I guess we're all colleagues and peers us fellow musicians these here in people musician call land? it the cover
0: band mafia i mean yeah. i never did but right. people have called it the cover <laughs> band mafia
1: correct and i was doing my super sub thing and in the meantime uh i met you not long after you started playing at another britannia Arms. at another britannia the Arms. other one wasn't married at that time but but since oh and and we didn't like quite hit it off the first time we met
0: yeah yeah <laughs> It wasn't ideal conditions. Yeah. Unlike the other Britannia Arms, this particular Britannia Arms was sparsely attended. It was also even, much smaller. The stage was smaller. Everything about it was like not. I don't ideal. even think it's
1: there anymore.
0: Probably not. I don't, I don't think. It, I think maybe I they have one in Cupertino or something.
1: I don't think. I don't. I don't think they lasted very long right. in that spot. But
0: you, you can Google it uh, if you want to <laughs> find out if there's a Britannia Arms near you. But
1: but I got. I I did the the singer thing and was was asked to join on stage and got up and sang and I know that you were kind of like that whole like this chick here yeah but... I wasn't
0: super generous about it although you didn't know that till later <laughs> I don't think you picked up on that oh but... really or did you <laughs> no
1: you're, you're smooth you're not that smooth
0: no yeah no. well I also I mean I had other considerations like I was dating a singer at the time who I had never asked to have sit in so and that person was at that gig and all I was thinking was I'm gonna catch hell for this later because who the heck is this girl walking up I think you were wearing leather pants if I recall I correctly do you
1: think I've ever owned leather pants.
0: they sure did look leather to me if I recall <laughs> I just remember thinking like what what do we do what is this uh, I just wanted the gig to be over honestly because yeah. it was like one o'clock in the morning there's nobody there we probably had a gig the next day it was probably, probably. gonna be like I'm not gonna get home until three or four in the morning and then I'm gonna have to like, gonna have to like turn around and go play this other gig it just was like not the ideal time um also we didn't hadn't really talked to like we didn't
1: no i had just i yeah i think i just met you there on the gig um and then fast forward i got married i had a child all the while still you know hopping around band to band and then um i did a gig with you guys while i was pregnant I was, was like, that, like
0: the which, big. Which one was that? that was a Vegas gig. Oh yeah, yeah. There's video a, of that gig.
1: There is video. I'm the very first proud reel. of yeah. that video. <laughs> well, because <laughs> they
0: start this band. We didn't have a female singer, um, as many other bands in town do. Did the whole, you know, that was a thing. And you know, after I joined the band, I mean, the band was doing well. But after I joined the band, we really kind of went up another level. And once you get to a certain level, then people start going like, well, we want to hire you, but, you know, correct. you don't have a female singer and this other band does. So then they sort of started offering you as a uh, add on <laughs> upgrade package you could get. They put together a sizzle reel from this Vegas show, which was super fun. We were playing with all these like, you know, famous singers and stuff. And there was like dancers on stage and the whole thing. And the sizzle reel. Uh. It's like introducing Jacqueline you're just so pregnant (laughs) I always wanted them to put like a little note at the bottom like she probably won't be this pregnant when you (laughs) hire her for your event she probably will have had the child by then
1: yeah well I remember when you found out I was going to Vegas What, what, what was it that you said something like um oh man you're gonna be like really out to there pregnant by then you're yeah. gonna be like really showing. There's not gonna be any way to hide it. And I was like, uh, got it. Thanks. No, I'm, you pretty sp- have a way. I'm pretty yeah,
0: I'm smooth. Pretty smooth. I'm a pretty I'm smooth really, guy when yeah. it when it comes down to it.
1: No, that was a really fun gig. I remember um I was hard in the sense of I actually had a really great pregnancy, ladies and gentlemen. However, I was trying to be a big girl and I remember You were um, a big girl. You were very pregnant. <laughs> I was very big. But I remember being at sound check and it being a long, long day and long sound check, and I remember like I was, like, oh my god, my feet were hurting so bad, and you were the one that looked over at me and you're like, take your shoes off, like, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. What, what
0: does that say? Like, I do feel like immediately. I mean, I, I know we'll get into this as as this podcast goes on about how we were immediately like each other's person, but I feel like. From the second we started working together that I had a a like strong urge or pull to like watch over you take care of you make you feel welcome and I wasn't like I didn't have at that time didn't have an <laughs> ulterior motive you know like i don't I don't know why
1: well first off, you take care of everybody um you you especially take care of me and i've I felt that big time, but you are always you always take care of everybody i mean um and i've seen you with how you work with megan for example megan slinkard yeah i mean you're always you're 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 b- like kind of have this big brother vibe kind of thing even probably better than a big brother would actually be
0: yeah but, I don't, um, well i don't tease her quote well no that's not true megan if you're <laughs> listening i'm sorry if i ever tease you
1: um yeah, no, you 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 always took out, took care of me. You, you looked out for me. Uh, you gave me permission to be human, <laughs> and you were like, take off your, you know, don't be a hero. Take off your shoes, like who cares? And and I, on the flip side, have a really hard time of. Well, one of the things we'll get to later on in the podcast as we we go along is. One of my biggest things to learn has been to lean into being vulnerable and you've always given me permission for that, but like vulnerable in every aspect of my life and especially on stage, like there was no way, um, I was going to let my pregnancy be an issue or, or like, I'm fine. I can do anything that anybody else can do. And what I performed till I was, I think. Until I was like 38 weeks, 37 weeks was when I finally... I don't do
0: <laughs> math. Break. How many months is that? So
1: I was basically three three to four weeks away from delivering when oh, I quit.
0: Maybe you were just trying to get it out of there. <laughs> I mean, not it. Rox is not an it. Roxanna, her wonderful daughter. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Um, it was the only time that she actually gave me a break and wasn't kicking the crap out of me. Um, But yeah, did that gig and then finally took a break to, uh, to have her, which... I did plan, I don't know if anybody knows this, as a singer, your slow months or a musician, usually the slow months are in January, February. And I actually kind of timed when I would have Roxy because I figured it would be easier to have her in the slow months. So she was born in February yeah, so that I wouldn't be um, competing against gigs. Because as an independent contractor, musician, you can't really take off and you don't get maternity leave and all that good stuff
0: no if you don't work you don't eat pretty yeah. much
1: so um, but yeah my first uh, gig back was with uh, this cover band and it was in Arizona and I left my seven week baby to jump right in which was a mistake at the time but I didn't know it until after the fact but yeah um, I
0: think you found out that your insides weren't in the proper order <laughs> no I also think that you peed yourself at least once. I
1: peed myself at least once, um, probably twice. And uh, yeah, so they, you we know, We were the wearing whole...
0: like a sparkle suit though. So I was like, it probably won't show it up. It didn't show. Nobody knows. It, Just thank go ahead.
1: goodness. It didn't show. And, you know, they this whole business about, you know, postpartum period being only six weeks is a lie. It is a total lie. Your body doesn't like go back to normal and the organs go back to where they're supposed to be for like a year but um, yeah I went and did this gig with you guys and that was like the first time I did a one of those epic two hour sets and so not only was I just not in shape from having had a, a baby but yeah my insides weren't back I was peeing myself my breasts were grossly engorged and leaking <laughs> it was <laughs> so, so glamorous it was so great and I think I cried all night in the shower after that but me too, but for entirely
0: different reasons.
1: Yeah. But that led to eventually um, I was a sub in that band and we started working closer together. And then I was asked to join, but it, that was still a long kind of period.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it, I just it to give a little context months. too, I mean, yeah, you were subbing, but I mean, the the singer of, of this band had a very unfortunate um, health thing happen that was... Uh, scary for everybody involved and one of the more difficult things that I've uh it hit very close to home for me considering, you know, some of my family history. And um it was scary everybody. It was a hard thing to navigate and we were trying to keep the band running without the person that was, you know, to that point really doing most of the heavy lifting as far as like band logistics and everything else trying to keep that person you know that person taken care of so that they could go do what they need to do and not worry that they were you know not going to make money for however many months they were out and covering all these gigs that were already on the calendar um you know you you came in and did some some heavy lifting as far as like fronting a band that was previously had no female singer correct now at this point most of the gigs only had a female singer. <laughs> right. Like every once in a while, we had a, a couple other people come in um, on the male side too, depending on what we, if the client was, you know, demanding a certain thing or whatever. Right. But you did a majority of the gigs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, um, and then we, you know, as a band, we faced another conundrum, which was uh, you fronted the band for the better part of a year, meaning that anybody that came and saw the band and wanted to hire the band wanted you. Mm um, and it kind of became clear that the place that the band had gotten to, you know, you couldn't really avoid having a female singer anymore. Like, we were more gigs than not were were being asked to have a female singer. And just to get to the level that the band's... I mean, the band is still running, and the band is very successful, and you get to that level, you kind of have to expand. Right. Um, But you had to walk into and navigate this situation where this person's coming back from their, their medical scare and they are sort of being presented with, Hey, we want to keep this other, we want to keep this female singer. You're navigating a lot of things. And it was not, I, I would say less than ideal conditions for you to join a band, especially like you had made been adamant about not being in a band up to that point. Right. So you're like, okay, I'm going to join this band and you're doing it under these like very, uh, for lack of a better term, like awkward and kind of stressful conditions. And I I thought that you uh, handled that about as well as anybody could have handled it. Um, It
1: was hard. I mean, mean, we had so much fun and some great times too. It it wasn't like this thing all the time. But what was hard, yeah, was coming to the decision of, well, for me – Like I said, uh, I think previously that um, I've gone all this time without being in a band full time and but looking at like, okay, now I have a kid and not really going to be going back and forth to L.A. anymore and and don't want to really hustle anymore. I want to kind of feel settled and not so frantic feeling and it had to be worth it. So if I'm going to leave my kid, it's got to be worth it you know, and the, and the gigs were, were definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, it it was hard at at times because I, I wanted to be, be generous and, and, and thoughtful. Uh, it was also hard at home because, uh, there, there had never been a conversation, but I guess it was expected that I wasn't going to continue singing after I had, my
0: child and this was a surprise to you <laughs> a sur- li- a lifelong singer it was
1: a surprise to me and uh it, it, it yeah there was a there was a lot of conflict uh i mean long story short there was a lot of conflict going on in other aspects of my marriage but that that definitely wasn't uh wasn't easy in that regard either um and just navigating being a new mom uh joining a, an elite band that was working all the time (laughs) and here was i was determined i was gonna exclusively breastfeed so i mean the guys got real used to hearing the sounds of the the breast pump (laughs) every weekend and the you know it was i
0: do recall one time um this might be tmi but i do remember recall one time like one breast was particularly engorged and the other one was not and i sort of was like I,
1: you thought I was. You thought something was wrong with I'm my like, top. I thought there was like
0: a medical emergency or <laughs> or a wardrobe malfunction or something. And
1: seriously, my right side would get like four or five times bigger than the left, and there's nothing like you could do to hide that. And I again was trying to like still stay like wearing the same type of outfits and everything, and I had certain things even made, but um, oh my god, that was so ridiculous. And luckily, I'm not very uh, um, shy, and but I'm certainly not an exhibitionist. I guess some would disagree. There's a there's but, a limit. But I would. Um, I was just so over, like, you know, I, I didn't want to pump in my car, which I know a lot of people do, which great. But I mean, I would pump in the green rooms if I had a a spot to do it privately. I would do it, but otherwise, I I think I pretty much had my my little hooter hider and I would just sit at the table with you guys while I pumped (laughs) to get that, that golden mama milk home. Yeah. And, um, on the trips, the flight dates that we took, how stressful it would be to, to know that I would have to get on the plane and get it home and, and everything. But yeah, those were, that first year was like not easy for so many reasons, for so many reasons, just the physical, you know, physical the mental the emotional um yeah and you as as that went on you and I kept getting closer and closer and we're each other's person and
0: well I mean you fit in you fit into the dynamic of the band like so easily I mean we're we were a group of dudes you know we're used to joking around and you know uh not thinking too hard about what we say and you rolled with all that. And yeah, I mean as we spent more and more time together, I just I did find myself like drawn to you and I think that you and I both found each other um to be like on the same wavelength, both in terms of like humor, philosophy about music and life and our careers and everything. Like it just felt like we never ran out of stuff to talk about and You know, I the funny thing is, is like it. it, So much of our history leading up to a certain point was not romantic, and I didn't think of it that way, and it wasn't my intention. And it it really took a while for me to be like, oh shoot, like I am actually developing a like a crush on this person. And um. You know, even then I was kind of like, all right, well, uh, I'm gonna have to deal with that. You know, that's not going to fly like that can't be a thing. But it was like I didn't It crept up on me because I we were just. You know, so in lockstep and so easy to spend time together and stuff that it was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we like hang out on gigs? Why wouldn't we I mean you were you, you and I were the only two band members that lived in San Francisco.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We had similar schedules and like you were trying to. You
1: were my baby's first babysitter. <laughs>
0: But you were trying to you were trying to do things you wanted to go back to you like you wanted to do these things that you had done before that really fueled you, which is like kickboxing and other exercise and getting out of the house. And like you have a, a kid that doesn't necessarily like I don't remember her being all that accommodating to that schedule. And so, you know, again, me being like, I guess, coming from a place of like wanting to help you or wanting to like take care of you or whatever which maybe some people would say that wasn't my place I'm sure a lot of people would say that wasn't my place but that was really a motivating factor for me because I wanted to work out too and I I (laughs) as I'm sure you will test you I fall off on and off the workout bandwagon um often Mm -hmm. and so to me like the idea of like well I'll meet up with you you know and you can put the put roxy in a running stroller and i'll take off and run with her and you can do all your like crazy body weight exercises that you do and then like you know afterwards we can like go grab quick lunch or whatever and then i'll see you at the gig or whatever it was it was always this very like uh you know um what's the word i'm looking for um it was like it was it was very innocent and it was, it was very like, uh, above board, but at a certain point, you know, like definitely there was a certain point where it was like, okay.
1: And it's so funny though, because we've, you and I, obviously this is something that we've talked about a lot, like, um, and you know, being a thing that you and I both go to therapy separately and we wanted to make sure we didn't, repeat any patterns or anything like that but I can't honestly remember when I realized that I had developed feelings for you and I think that you and I talked about that a lot like we don't there isn't it was just kind of like do you
0: well I mean I remember I mean I remember when I I remember
1: when when you've told me about the moment that you thought that you had to get it like take control of it and kind of like figure yeah. out what to do with it but um i'm trying to remember i re- I remember certain things that i was kind of like i started well no one knew that you know things were going going bad or, or i hate saying bad i i try to be on as friendly terms with with my ex-husband as possible and we are we sh- we are co-parenting and and everything like that um but there definitely things weren't weren't right in our relationship um, but uh, a lot of people would say that you were to blame for the demise of my marriage, but it was already bad. Um. You, yeah, I just you, don't, it, I don't it, think it, it, it works that way. It, I mean, it's it's like in a I guess what you could say is you know, if we were so strong and in a good place, it's not like you could just come in and you know I love you and I I adore you, but you couldn't just come in and sweep just anybody off their feet and. Have them walk away for a marriage. I think that's silly, and um, I get very defensive of that when when people um, have said that. Um, but I I think like you were saying though that we we gelled so easily and we had such a you and I never had the um, the attitude that a lot of people have of we're it's just a cover band. We love music. And we have good, strong, healthy egos and we always want to be our best and we always want to be seen at being at our best. And I think that was like a big thing that you and I bonded over, that we were always striving to be better and what could what could we do to make things better? What could we do to sound better? What could we do to, you know, and that was something that you and I really, really were in Line with and shared the same vision. I mean, we both take
0: yeah, we both take our craft very seriously, and not implying that other people that we've worked with don't, but I know that that I know I can count on that. I know that is something that we both share, and you know, it's something we bonded over for sure. Like immediately, I was like, oh, this person really has their stuff together. They like they take it seriously. They're prepared they think long and hard about how to improve they think long and hard they you know audit and debrief gigs and oh, the debriefs yeah I mean you and I, <laughs> I mean that's the thing people pick
1: apart everything every little thing I
0: feel like there's times where people are like what could you guys possibly be talking you know whatever and I'm like you'd be so bored if you if you knew it's like oh man going into the second verse that one song you know we, we keep blowing that thing we gotta like get that clean you know it's like stuff like that where it's like I'm again I don't mean to imply other people don't take that seriously too but but I don't know that I had uh experienced it to the degree that you and I had it with each other you know
1: um well and the other thing that you and I have talked about a lot is that I've besides my sister I've never blended with anyone singing wise the way I do with you, and that you and I have so much fun singing together, yeah. like genuinely love singing together, like it's just like nothing.
0: Well, you put else. up with me when I put like country bends into
1: everything. Oh uh, yeah, you
0: find that funny? I like it. Or you find it good? That's I don't know. Cute. It's funny and good. <laughs> <laughs> depending, I enjoy. Depending it. On, yeah, depending on who you are, I enjoy maybe.
1: It. Um.
0: Well, the other thing too is like, I knew that. I, I, other people started pointing out like I oh, man, you guys were really like you and you and Jackie are, like really are like like buddies or whatever I don't know other people started pointing it out and I was like oh yeah I guess I guess we are like I don't even know that I had thought about it that way because I hang with everybody and, and chat with everybody but when other right. people start pointing out like yeah man you and Jackie really like get along really well it's like well yeah I mean Jackie's cool why wouldn't we get along really well but then you start to like realize they're actually telling you something actually telling you something else <laughs> yeah
1: i think a lot of other people saw it before we did and maybe maybe we just didn't want to and we were well
0: i don't think i was allowing myself to see it to a certain right. degree
1: and i was so i had so much stuff going on so we we met in that band we were working together we were getting really close and then i was also singing in another band for fun and um that was the first time you ever had been offered to kind of front and i was the one that got you out in front of the drums because all this time that's the other thing if people see us now they won't even recognize that you were used to play on the drum set behind me right and uh there's i still miss it sometimes (laughs) i still miss you playing but um that was our our first experience performing together people saw us now i mean i don't even think they even see you that way how could they you look like you've always been fronting. Well, I but, appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> but did. I remember the first couple days.
0: Uh, that was, yeah, maybe the... So it was a country cover band, which I love country music, but really you got me into, you know, our through our friendship and then our eventual relationship, you got me way deeper into into country music. I was sort of like... I liked country music, but I was really on the fringes of it. Like I was much more into like Americana, like the kind of outlaw you know outside of nashville stuff you got me to like really listen to and appreciate you know the more commercial stuff thank you shania yeah and especially the uh like the 90s like 80s and 90s country you got a
1: shimmy shape
0: oh my god yeah i i knew i was in love with you the first time you did the outro to any men of mine and i was by shania twain and i was like well that's it like that's it Yeah. I mean, you know, so when you were like, Hey, do you want, I mean, you always say like, you always said, you want to slum it. And I was like, I don't think it'd be slumming it. And you've never seen me do this. So maybe don't assume I'm too good for it. (laughs) And it was, we had a, you know, this band had a, uh, had a uh, basically like a a residency at uh, Dan's bar in Walnut Creek on Thursdays. It was country Thursdays. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, cool. I'll come do a couple of these and just see, see how it is. And, yeah, the first one. I mean, there's video of it. I'm so embarrassed now, looking back. <laughs> like, I don't want anybody to see it, even though
1: deer in the headlights.
0: Yeah, no idea. I mean, I spent my entire career up to that point with sticks in my hands behind a whole drum kit, where like, honest, honest to God, like, it's some phenomenon, where I don't know if if it's I don't know what it is about human nature, but I could be. Dan's bar is a good good uh, example of this because the stage is very shallow. Like the people at the bar are right up on the band mm-hmm. and I could play an entire show, you know, where I'm not blocked by anybody. I'm right there <laughs> and like leave the stage and be getting a drink at the bar or whatever. And people come up, you know, be like, oh yeah, you were in the band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you, you played guitar or keyboards or what? I'm like, I was the drummer. I was literally in front of you for three hours hitting loud things. <laughs> I sang multiple songs from behind the drums, you know, on lead. Mm-hmm. But you spend your whole career that way, with like this this kind of cage around you, and it's a certain like level of uh, uh, detachment, or not detachment, but there's a certain level of like there's a barrier, a little literal physical barrier between you and the audience. Right. And um, you come up front. I've never done it before. I've never. I don't. I'm like. I think I asked you like, what do I do with my hands? You literally
1: asked, yeah. I don't literally. know what to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Also, I'd never had to learn that many lyrics before because mostly I was singing background vocals in Mm -hmm. bands I was in and artists I was playing for. And you can kind of follow them. I mean, I learned the lyrics, but it's like you don't have to like... You can kind of follow along, you know? But when you're a lead singer and you hit that going into the first verse and you realize like, if I don't sing anything right now, then like the song doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And I had a newfound appreciation for what what you've done your whole career because I looking back at that video it was like wow i and you're right like and it really i can i can give you the credit for getting me to where i am now because you give me the confidence to go up there i think like maybe the second show i got a little drunk second country show mm-hmm. and i was like i was like screw it and i was just like up on the bar and yeah, on tables third. and kicking things over <laughs> and i think i took that a little bit too far i had to like find my balance and come back to the middle but like you gave me the confidence to to like go for some things and try to develop a personality both in my lead singing and in my performance um, that I don't know that I would have been able to do with anybody else Mm -hmm. you know so I have to give you credit for that well
1: yeah well
0: also I did literally fall through a table one time (laughs)
1: rookie mistake if you're gonna like jump up on a bar or a table make sure that it's a stable bar or a table
0: yeah. yeah it probably looked pretty cool though did it <laughs> did it look cool
1: i think i think i hadn't been on that one i think i heard stories of it
0: you weren't on that maybe that's no, why maybe yeah. because i was so sad you weren't there i just got <laughs> wasted and fell through a table rock and roll ladies. And yeah generally.
1: yeah yeah so we're still at this point though we're still in the in the the main band where you're the drummer and i'm the singer singing in the other band which was starting to conflict and we weren't like able we knew we weren't gonna be able to really because we kept the the main band the main band we were committed yeah
0: well that's paying the rent
1: and well right
0: country music doesn't pay no, unless you're no but like and even then
1: i haven't we haven't done a country gig in like too long no we gotta get that yeah, going i gotta we gotta like i don't need you i'll pay to play <laughs> that's what's gonna be anyway pretty much but um it started getting to a point where, well, I split from my my husband. I moved back home, and so I was going through all this crazy personal stuff while still trying to maintain. I once again not wanting to, you know, show show my vul- vulnerable side and trying to power through everything. Um, but it got to a point where we were trying to figure out what we were. Yeah, and. <laughs> Well,
0: I mean, the, the, this will probably come up a lot over the course of this of this podcast, but, you know, the one thing I, I feel like we can say and people can't take away from us is that everything that we've done has been hard and we've had to choose it. it like, there hasn't been, like, an easy path to do the things we want to do. No. Um, and nothing... I'm thankful for that. Right.
1: And not to cut you off, but nothing that we've... Nothing has been frivolous. Right. No, nothing... You know, um, I thought a lot about this too because, as you know, we, we've gone into building mercy and the heartbeats, and we're getting married this year. And you know, married in four mo- four
0: months, <laughs> four months. I know I got um, wedding decor all over my room,
1: <laughs> and um, just you know, a lot of reflection going on and everything like that. But like, nothing was ever just throw caution to the wind to to an extent with with that. Everything like we we were thinking things through so hard. I mean, even not sure. We knew we knew shit was gonna hit the fan.
0: Yeah, we knew that things could, children
1: really could Im- implode and and everything. But we we still there's things that you've talked before about having naive thoughts of there's a way that we can power through. And well, and, I think
0: it's always that's been my Achilles' heel is I, I don't like to hurt people's feelings, I don't like to rock the boat. Like, I I think I'm good at conflict, but I don't seek it out, I actively avoid it, if possible, and I think there was a period of time where I thought like, oh man, we can, you know, we can stay in the band, and if we just like, if we're just adults about this, and everybody, like time will kind of heal things, and you know, I you realize, I, I realized at a point, it was like, no, if we want this, we're gonna end up hurting people's feelings, probably gonna get fired from the band that I'm in um and that's just gonna be a choice that I'm gonna have to make we're gonna have to make really Mm -hmm. and um you know it's really a gut check moment in my life because you know to to sort of stare that down you know um I think a lot of people when they go through these kinds of things they don't they kind of just like run until the until the bottom falls out and then they kind of like go oh whoops and then try to pick up the pieces whereas you and I I think had very uh long discussions about like what our lives would look like together and were we willing to give up certain you know working relationships certain friendships all that kind of stuff that goes along with these kinds of uh decisions you know like we
1: kind of did let it run out on us though yeah that was my fault
0: (laughs) i mean i think you were ready way before me to to say like this is a thing and you're either on board or you're not and i understand if you're not but we're doing this and i was sort of more like well let's see how like other things develop and let's you know like if we just wait here and wait here then like these other things might happen and then we can like you know fix it all or whatever and it was that was a naive thought on my part because that's just not how life works um so yeah, that's a long way of, of saying that I ended up getting fired from this <laughs> band that I was in, which was a really, really difficult moment in time for me because, you know, it things had been good and fun for so long and it was a very financially, uh, it was my financial security blanket. I, it was like the first time in my life I really never had to worry about money. I could really afford my lifestyle and not have to think about, not have to think about the money I was spending or if I wanted to travel or whatever. And, you know, these are, this was a group of guys, both in this band and in other, like, kind of adjacent bands who were also, you know, like, friends with everybody. These are people that I I had spent a lot of time with, um, who I considered, I still consider friends, like, I I wish them all health and happiness and stuff. But they were people that I was, like, actively friends with. Right. And, um, you know, you kind of realize in this moment, like, oh, that's all over, or at least it's never going to be the way that it was and um then you and I had to figure out like well now what I I'm fired and it was not clean and easy like mm. that, you know I could have done things different other people could have done things different it's just the way it is things get messy things get crazy and everybody does the best they can and um you know everybody's doing well now and so that's that but you and I had to figure out like Oh, you were still offered your you were still able to keep your job so it's kind of like and you have a kid and you're going through uh this divorce and everything else and it was sort of like i i had this moment of like no you need to stay you need to to until we know what we're doing what our next move will be whatever there's no reason for you to to uh be in the same position i'm in
1: right
0: but it wasn't yeah, easy
1: no like yeah even though you were that supportive and you were there is the part of me that felt like I did a disservice to you by staying because I wanted to be loyal. But at the same time, I'm like, holy, you know, I just, I, I'm going through a divorce. I have a child. I can't, you know, this was the only income I had. And it was the kick in the pants of that you and I had kind of like talked about like, well, what if we had a band, what would it look like? What would it be like that? someone's going to have to help fund it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, that's pretty much kind of like that. We, we both talked that we don't know if we would have done that.
0: I'm pretty confident I would not have because, and this is where I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here because um, I, I knew for a while, even though I was super appreciative of the opportunity that this band had given me the money the, I mean, we played some amazing shows. We got to travel. We got to play with a bunch of famous, very famous people. Um, I was appreciative of that, but I realized, you know, um, maybe a few years before all this kind of stuff happened that I, I, I felt like I'd leveled out because in that band, you know, it, 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 it's not that your opinion is not respected. It's not that you don't have the opportunity to to bring ideas to the table, but it's not the same thing as having your own band, like being the drummer in that band. There was a certain le- leveling off that um, I was gonna do professionally. And I realized that I was not done growing or being challenged. Um, and I don't know that I would have been able to, been able to find that staying in the role that I was in, but I also cannot say with any level of confidence that I would have sort of like put my big boy pants on and been like, thanks for the memories. I'm gonna go over here and try this other thing. Right. You know, it's almost like I sort of kept putting this out to the universe in conversations with people. Yeah. You know, I think like long term, I'd like to have my own band. Like I feel like that would be a good challenge for me and a good use of my skills. And I would just be interested to see like what that would be like, you know, uh, I feel like I kept putting that out to the universe and the universe. And I also kept, um, sort of going through relationships where it was close it was close but it just wasn't quite the thing for me and i feel like the universe was just wrapped up in a bow like this whole life changes like <laughs> well here's the woman and here's the opportunity to do this other thing and you're not going to really get a choice in the matter
1: right
0: um uh, and when i say i have to give you credit it's that as we went through trying to put this band together mercy and the heartbeats we knew the end result of that was you were going to have to end up quitting this band that you were currently in that was very reliable as far as money and work goes. You never had to worry about gigs showing up on your calendar. They just showed up all the time.
1: Right.
0: And um, it's one thing for me to have been fired. I didn't have a say in that, you know. I mean, I guess you could say I have a say in that by my actions or whatever. But like I, it wasn't my decision to get fired. Right. Um, you had to actively stare down this like walking off of this cliff of like I'm going from all this security everything else to like I'm going to jump off this cliff I have no idea what's at the bottom of this cliff it could be a a bunch of pillows and nice things to land on I could take a nap down there and really just you know (laughs) frolic in a field whatever or it could be spikes like you just don't know and you even having a daughter I mean all these considerations you walked up to that cliff and bet on yourself and really <laughs> betting on yourself is hard enough. You bet on me, like putting your your faith into another human being that yes, you're making the right decision, both you know, making me your romantic and life partner, but also making me your business partner. I mean, right. that's a lot for two people to take on together and to navigate. And um, I think we do a pretty good job, but I mean, it's definitely like these moments of like we there's so much <laughs> that you and I are trying to do. Yeah. And to for you to bet on me in that way, um, with all this risk and all this, you know, it like I don't know if I can ever really like fully express how much admiration I have for that
1: Aww. that
0: decision and how brave that was, you know.
1: Yeah, I didn't feel brave ever. <laughs> I mean, there was because again, another another decision that wasn't taken lightly and you know I I think that it had to happen this way in the sense of I got you through the end of of your your time with that band and then when it was coming up for me I mean I remember you know any given day I'd be like super excited about the ideas that we were coming up with and this is going to be great and it's you know um we're we're gonna be successful I, mean, I don't know what that looks like but we're gonna be successful to like oh my god what am I doing what am I thinking this is so stupid you know I'm not it's not just me it's I have to think about Roxana. I have to think about you know other things in my life I'm not a hopeless romantic where I'm like oh we're in love everything you know it's all we ever need we're always gonna be okay that is not me <laughs> it's not how I operate as a matter of fact I can I can skew way more doomsday than anything else. I feel like um, that's
0: my role is to be the one that's like, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. It's fi- it's always fine. Def- like, I, it's, thing, it's always works out. I don't you know?
1: know, I'm telling you, having a kid for one has like definitely skewed me more. Like, you know, it doesn't matter, everything everything's gonna end, everybody's gonna die. That's like my it's it's horrible.
0: <laughs> well, and also it doesn't help that like, you know, you're trying to work one band, you're trying to conceptualize a, the other band with me. And then eventually you end up having to be like, okay, now we actually have to start putting this band together, which starts a timer on your time in the other band because you, you just can't do both, especially right. as a lead singer. But also because like that band, the band we were previously in, they're working a lot and they have a they have a reasonable uh, assumption of, of like everybody in the band being committed to that band right. above all else. They work too much to, to ask for anything else. And I totally respect that. But that means that at a certain point, you can't do both. Um, And you never really, you never did both. You were out of one band before our band ever worked. Right. But I mean, over the course of trying to get the band together, you go through all these false starts because you're not selling, like in the world, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast world, um, (laughs) Miss Mercy and I, we love doing cover band stuff. We love playing music in general. I love playing with songwriters. I love doing studio work. Nobody in town doing the kind of work we're doing is doing it just for the love of doing it. You have to pay the rent. You have to put food on the table. Um, otherwise, you have to do something else to make your money, and the music becomes a a hobby, and you only get to dedicate so much time and energy to it. For us, it's a driving passion. It's the only thing I've ever really wanted to do.
1: Right.
0: And um, I say all that to, to say that like, when you're trying to put a band together and you're trying to get people that are – both skilled enough to do the kind of music we want to do, lots of medleys and musical moments and, and and just a very wide range of decades and genres.
1: Not just musically though, but like the ability to be professional on all aspects at that level. You and know? to
0: perform, to be able to put on a show. Um right equipment. To be able to dress yourself, you know, to be able to like look cool on stage. I mean, there's a lot of things you're you're asking of musicians in, in in the band that we wanted to put together, because we really didn't want to have to compromise or cut corners on our vision. And you're trying to sell musicians on this when you can't point to a gig and say, okay, we have 10 gigs lined up, so you can reasonably, you already are gonna get a return on your investment, your investment of time, like helping us put material together, showing up to promo, you know, uh, photo shoots and video shoots and recording audio for the video and on and on and on. We went through a bunch of musicians because you you in theory people go, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that. You guys seem very driven and capable and I feel like you guys are gonna be successful. I would like to be successful with you until the night before a rehearsal when you've been too busy doing stuff that pays or whatever and you didn't learn any of the material and instead of just saying like, hey, I didn't learn the material, I've been too busy, but I'm still into it, or whatever. You go, uh, I'm busy, I can't do it, and I'm out. And you're like, cool, that's fine. And and I always respect people doing what they got to do, making the and that that was the right decision for them in that moment. But for us, it meant starting from scratch,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and we we had to do that four or five times at least before we found a a group of musicians that both the tears. Oh my god, the
1: tears that were shed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) and uh, i mean and
1: dining these like we 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 met with people and we you know personally took them out and and made sure we we i mean we went down the line of the expectations and what we were asking what we were hoping to be able to give them and because not only talking about these are the gigs we hope to get these are the shows that we hope to do but also and and full disclosure we're a couple and like, are you even, you know, we got to get that out there too. And this is our lifestyle and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is not just our business. It's our life. And then to like, yeah, get that call or text the night before our first rehearsal or, or worse get ghosted.
0: Yeah, that happened.
1: And, and, you know, after I'd set things up and, you know, rehearsal space, rehearsal time, photographers and studio time and oh god it was so hard and so stressful and yeah
0: when even be me being the resident uh optimist (laughs) i got tired of hearing myself say like oh we'll figure it out it'll be fine right it's gonna be great i even i got tired i'm like shut up no it's not <laughs> everything's everything's ruined it's a, di- it's a disaster I we're remember, gonna be destitute we're gonna be well, yeah, when, we're gonna be working at starbucks i not remember that there's there was... anything wrong with working at starbucks because i have done it i just don't want to do it again i put my time in
1: <laughs> there was that one i remember that one day that both of you and i were kind of like uh, can't talk both of us just have to go in our corner and cry and yeah. just like regroup tomorrow like there definitely was a couple of those times,
0: but that, but the thing is, is looking back now that we're sort of on the other side of it, you realize it plays right into the universe. Again, I don't mean to get all woo-woo on you here, all all mm-hmm. like hippy dippy, but like it plays into the universe, demanding that we really earn it and we really work for it, um, because again, we didn't want to cut corners, we didn't want to compromise on these things. I mean the hours that you that you spent just watching other cover bands promo videos and going through their song lists and everything else to like figure out like well what's everybody doing because we always said like if we're gonna do this and it's gonna be us it, it's gotta be like really us and it, that means being like a little bit outside of it what everybody else is doing not dramatically but like you know,
1: don't I know want every cover band in yeah. California I and mean, did... the US and Germany and Australia. We were
0: looking at bands <laughs> in like Russia. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, look, I appreciate the, the, the commitment to the research, but I don't know if that is relevant to what we're doing. You know, it's all relevant. Yeah. But I mean, for us, it was like, and in, like, look, it's subjective whether we succeeded. I mean, people, some people might look at us and say, hey, like,
1: we have gigs on the calendar. Yeah. I, I mean, we're
0: successful. working. I just mean, like, I'm not trying to blow smoke up our own uh behinds or pat ourselves on the back or whatever like i just know for us we wanted to to do our best to look a little different than everybody the name i mean the name god we agonized we went through so many names if you've never tried to name a band before it's like you write all these things down and and then you read it back later and you're just embarrassed that it ever came out of your brain but that's just the process you got to get it all out before you figure out like what is working and what's not Right. But even the name, like the name, the photos, the promo video. So
1: I just remembered what one of the first names was, Roxy and the Oolalas.
0: Right, we were gonna name it after your daughter, <laughs> and then, and then. But the thing is, is that we we wanted the band to be. Well, I wanted the band to be branded. At, I wanted it to be a, a female fronted, female led band. I wanted you to be the brand, and I think rightfully so. You were like, I feel a little weird with my stage persona being my my daughter's name so we went away from that but yeah we went through a lot of of different name choices i mean i mocked up i went back actually i was cleaning up the hard drive on my on my computer and i found like all the old promo medley like audio mock-ups when we were trying to figure out like what songs we were going to put in the promo video Mm -hmm. there was like 20 of them oh god which you know that's a lot of time spent like moving songs around and thinking about transitions and stuff. I mean, it took us a long time and then conceptualizing the promo video and like sort of having no idea whether that was even going to work. I mean, we spent almost, no, we spent an entire day starting at like six in the morning and ending at like 11 at night or something like that. Going all over the Bay area, filming different places. The band met us at his studio uh, where we shot all the band stuff. But again, until you get the edit back, you have no idea if that concept even works. So you could have spent all this money and all yeah. this time where really we felt like we were going to get one shot at all this because um, being who we are, uh, both the the sort of higher profile cover stuff we'd done and also the very like uh, public way in which <laughs> our, both our relationship started and our, our relationship with this other band ended when we came out we were going to get one first impression and if we came out flat or we came out not having quite nailed it i think we both feared that it would be you know uh, i just felt like i know personally i felt like we were going to be uh judged a little more harshly than other artists other bands would be oh yeah um and i didn't want to give anybody an inch I mean I'm sure people criticize us or whatever. Oh yeah. I'm I'm my own harshest critic and she's her own you're, oh, yeah. your own you no, know.
1: No no one's going to criticize me harder than I'm going to criticize myself.
0: Right, but it was good motivation to be like let's not cut corners or whatever. Um and yeah, now on the other side of it where it's like we've we've we're coming up on a year of the band being out. Our first year was way more successful than I think either of us had hoped it could be. Yep. And we have an awesome band full of awesome people who are just so much fun to be around and they they really bring it all the time and all the subs we have awesome subs that come in when our when some of our guys can't do gigs and they bring it yeah. and um and I'll also say in in full uh full disclosure I have a lot of uh respect for the people uh that we used to work for because running a band is a ton of work and when you <laughs> when you realize like Looking back, I'm like, oh, I get, I get why like this was said or that was he- said or like we, you know, whatever, because you realize when you run a band, you're running a business. Like nothing really gets done unless you do it. Yeah. And that's you know.
1: <laughs> Word.
0: That's a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, and you and I take on. I mean, we we fell in. I think naturally fell into these certain roles that we've just really glommed onto, but um. Yeah, it is not easy. We are—I I mean, I'm constantly working. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, um, we'll get into that stuff like over in other podcasts. You know, we're yeah. we're going long right now. Um, this is one of those like we backstory episodes. You know? Yeah. Well, well I think it- I
1: think like next episode we should definitely get more into how we like more in depth about how Mercy was conceptualized. Conceptualized to say. Yeah, right. I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And um, how we got, how we came up with the name and how we came up with the logo and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I think that's for.
0: Yeah. Let's do that on the next episode because an hour plus right now, as, as much as anybody's going to want to listen to me talk. <laughs> I know that. Um, So, yeah. But that's, I mean, you know, and I'm sure as we go th- forward, more stuff, more stories and anecdotes and things this, will come this out. This
1: is a classic story of like the whole, you have to burn it to the ground to, to, start over you have to it's the the rise of the phoenix
0: yeah there wasn't really it was there was no half measure there for us it was going to be either we're doing this or we're not but if we do it it's going to be it's going to have to be a clean break on a lot of different fronts and um I know that I feel very strongly that we made the right decision I don't regret those decisions at all no and um you know I think that's as much as anybody can really ask for <laughs> in life. Um, so I'm very happy and thankful and grateful. And uh, yeah, I, next like, next next episode, we'll, we'll, there's some fun stories and, and anecdotes about putting the band together.
1: Yeah, it wasn't all hard and all bad. No,
0: but it was a lot, <laughs> of, le- was a lot of learning experiences. It was challenging. All right, it well, was- if you have any questions about uh, anything you heard today, you can feel free to reach out to us Through the band's Instagram or any of our personal accounts or whatever. Um, We're accessible. And
1: uh, yeah, and seriously, if there's anything you want to hear about specifically, or you have some ideas, or you even want to be on the podcast, we have some really cool guests that we're going to be talking with. It's not all, I I felt like the first couple episodes were going to be kind of laying, like you said, background. But um, uh, I want to get into more, like, you know, talking with people and their lives and their stories so yeah
0: and we will do that on mercy and the mans <laughs> all right well i hope you guys are all doing well out there uh be kind to yourselves be kind to others and thank you as always to miss megan slankard for the music yeah all right till next time take care
1: you said that you found me but you know it, it was i found you